Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Abortion access is a constitutional right in California, yet lawmakers here continue to struggle to regulate so-called crisis pregnancy centers. They're facilities that abortion advocates say mislead women seeking abortion care. CalMatters health reporter Kristen Wong has more. Crisis pregnancy centers do not provide abortions. Bottom line. Here's what they do offer pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, adoption resources, and abortion counseling. While just over 60% of counties in the state have abortion clinics, nearly 80% have crisis pregnancy centers. These stats might surprise people who think of California as an abortion sanctuary. But these primarily religious facilities have consistently evaded regulation from state lawmakers. Two bills attempting to govern how centers advertise their services and clarify what they do were killed by the legislature. A big reason? Legislators are hesitant to pass laws they suspect will be overturned by the conservative U.S. Supreme Court. So, despite all the abortion protections California offers, advocates and legal experts see crisis pregnancy centers as the next abortion battleground in California. That was CalMatters' Kristen Wong. Starting today, former foster youth can apply for Los Angeles County's Guaranteed Income Pilot Program known as BREATHE. 200 young adults will be eligible to receive $1,000 a month for two years. Eli Fournier is with Strength-Based Community Change, the nonprofit serving as the program's administrator. A program like this is not meant to replace a job or replace an income, but really just giving that added support that when when you're able to provide that type of support to residents where they can have a little more breathing room, It really opens up opportunities for families to really improve in their finances and thrive. To be eligible, applicants have to be between 21 and 23 years old and live in a neighborhood that falls below the county's median household income. Participants are chosen randomly, and the application deadline is July 3rd. Santa Clara County was the first local government in the nation to extend guaranteed income support to former foster youth, launching its program in 2020. Similar programs have been launched in Alameda County and the city of South San Francisco. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. When a levee burst in a January rainstorm in the Central Valley town of Planada, floodwaters wrecked the homes of hundreds of farm worker families. In March, the same thing happened again. A levee failed in the Salinas Valley and inundated the farmworker town of Pajaro. As KQED's senior immigration editor Taiki Hendricks reports, those communities are now pushing to get some real help in the state budget. Anastasio Rosales was not home when the flood hit Planada. He was in Mexico visiting family. Then his sister phoned. It was over three feet high inside the water they got in. Water had surged through, destroying furniture, appliances, wiring, and mementos of his late parents, who had purchased the house after years of work in the fields. On one night, everything's washed away. It was devastating, says Rosales, who is 70 and has lived in Planada for 58 years, harvesting sweet potatoes and other crops. As a U.S. citizen, he was able to get emergency aid from FEMA. But at least half of California farm workers are undocumented immigrants, including most of the households in Planada, which means they're not eligible for federal assistance. This all could have been prevented if the proper funding and the proper measurements had taken place way before the flooding. It was long overdue. That's Sarai Ramirez. She's an advocate with the Leadership Council for Justice and Accountability, a Central Valley nonprofit. She says levy repairs were neglected in Planada and in Pajaro, too. These communities hardly see any investments, especially when it comes to infrastructure. This spring, researchers from the UC Merced Community and Labor Center conducted a survey to capture the scope of the losses, homes, vehicles, the school, and the park. The cost of restoring the town? $20 million. Edward Flores is co-director of the Labor Center. He says the disaster in Planada is part of a much bigger problem. Catastrophic wildfires and droughts and Historic floods are indicating that we need to have a different approach to economic and climate resilience if we're going to protect the rights and the well-being of those that are furthest on the margins. And some lawmakers are listening. The budget bill the legislature passed last week includes hundreds of millions of dollars for flood resilience statewide and $20 million specifically for Planada, plus another $20 million for Pajaro. Placing a line item on the state budget for the exact amount that we had estimated was was needed. This is incredible. Flores credits State Senator Ana Caballero. The night of the Planada flood, she went to the Merced County Fairgrounds and spoke with evacuees. Families left with the pajamas they were wearing. It was heartbreaking. Caballero says she met with Assemblyman Robert Rivas, who represents Pajaro, and they put the aid package in the budget. There's a lot of work to do, but it's a really resilient community and people are working hard to to help each other out. But the budget's not final yet. Lawmakers are in negotiations with Governor Gavin Newsom on how to close a $31 billion shortfall. And the governor has until July 1st to sign the budget. 
Anastasio Rosales says he wants Newsom to think about the work that he and his neighbors do, growing and picking the state's fruits and vegetables. If someday this governor Newsom comes down here, I wish I could have a word with him. Rosales says he would tell the governor they're not asking to become rich, just to receive the money they need to repair and heal their community. For The California Report, I'm Tyke Hendricks. And that's The California Report for Tuesday, June 20th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for The California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. Hint, fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors, including watermelon and pineapple, in stores or delivered from HintWater.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.